we're going to be starting a series starting today on how God makes champions. How God makes champions. When I was growing up, one of the fun things that we had, we didn't have video games or, or any of that kind of stuff. In fact, Tecmo Bowl had just really become popular by the time I had come along. That, that's how old I am. I, me and my dad played Pong. And that's where you had the stick on each end, and we just had the little turning thing. So that's how far back I go. In fact, I go back before there was a pong, and uh, when, when you know we didn't even have that. So uh, that was huge at Christmas. We got this dial where we could sit there and make a ball go back and forth, and we thought that was the coolest. I can't imagine now where you put goggles on and you're walking around a room acting like you're actually getting shot at. And it's, my mind would not be able to handle all this stuff that goes on today. But one of the games that we had when I was growing up was me and my buddies, we had a Marvel superhero game. And what it was, and we'd stay up hours, man, because what you do is you had to build your own superhero. And, and it wasn't like a computer-generated thing. You had to draw him. You had to come up with his suit. You had, to, you had to design him. You had to give him his powers. You had to give him his, all the stuff that goes along with it, his, his enemies. His, and then you would create your own cartoon your own comic book and have your characters against the other characters or team up together. And you're like, man, that was a lot. But that's the way we, I mean, that was the way we had fun back then. We had to use nothing but our imagination. And then when I think about that and I think about God, that's exactly what God does for every single one of us. He creates in every one of us a champion. That, that's what God's greatest goal is, is to finish the work that he started, to complete the work. And every one of us has unique gifts, and every one of us has unique abilities, and everyone has unique talents. We have different weaknesses where, you know, one person doesn't like this, struggles with anxiety, another struggles with depression, another may have addiction problems, another may be over here and, and deal with other issues or whatever might be going. And it's like, I've got this weakness, but that's part of being a superhero. That's part of being a champion. And that's what I want to talk about is how God builds champions. Because what the world needs more than anything else and what you need more than anything else in this world today is the ability to be a champion. The song that they sung at the end when you're praising and worshiping, I will build my life on God alone. He is a firm foundation. It is that understand. We sing those kind of words, but a lot of times I'm not sure we really know and think about the words that we're speaking. I'm going to build my life. I'm going to build who I am on Him. And God says, this is what I'm wanting. Go with me in your Bibles to Romans 8, verses 31 through 9, through 39. What we read about it a lot of times is, is champions or, or different phrases. And I want to show it to you how the Apostle Paul would talk about it. Here's what he says. What then shall we say of these things? And he's talking about all the things God has given, all the stuff God has put in our lives. He said, what are we going to say about all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is on our side, then what is it that we're afraid of? What is it that we draw back from? What is it that we think we can't defeat? If we get a good understanding of who God is and how much God is in our lives, listen to how Paul describes this. He said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Next verse. Who, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with also freely give us what? Some things. No, all things. He says, what I'm trying to do is create a champion. I'm trying to, and I, and I went to such extents, God says, I gave my son who had all these superpowers, who had all these super abilities, and I gave him up. I let him die on a cross so that he could transfer them to you. So that he could say, all power's been given to me, so now you go and do this. You go and tell the world. You, well, well I, what might happen? Don't worry. No deadly thing that you eat is going to hurt you. Nothing you drink can bother you. No, no weapon formed against you is ever going to you. You're going to be fine. Why? Because the same spirit that was in me is going to be in you. And that same power that I was able to do all I did with, you're going to fulfill everything that I've intended for your life because greater is he that's in you than anything that's in this whole world. He said that is the plan to make you 
a champion in life, to make you someone that the enemy is fearful of, someone that he knows your name. I love the story of, of when they were trying to cast out demons and the demons looked at through this guy and spoke to him and said, Paul we know and Peter we know, but we don't know you. And I think about that. I want the enemy to know my name. I want him to, well, I know a champion. I know someone who's victorious and it ain't you. Or I want him to say, oh, Tim Lott just walked in the room. It's time for us to exit. It's time for us to leave. The champion just walked in. The champion just entered the stage. The champion just stepped on the scene. And now there's no hope of us winning. There's no hope of us overcoming. See, this is what Paul is trying to say. You say, brother, he doesn't go that far. Well, listen to what he says. He who did not spare his own son, but, but gave him up, that we could get all things freely. Who shall bring a charge then against God's elect? It is God who justifies us. So anything in your past, anything that the enemy says, well, you did this. Yeah, but you can't bring it up no more. It's gone. Yeah, but, yeah, but you used to be this way. Yeah, but, but you can't bring that up no more. It's God who I gave my life to, and he justified me and said, it's okay, Tim. Don't talk about it no more. Don't think about it no more. We're done with that. Let's move on forward. He said, it's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns me? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Not only does God want us to have all things, not only does God say, I'm giving you all things, but he turns around and says, now just know that right now, while you're living in this world and going through, that Jesus is at the right hand of me right now, turning around to me and saying, Tim needs your help. Tim needs your help. I've got one that's interceding for me right now in heaven. So when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm trying to do something I can't do, when I'm trying to overcome something I can't overcome, and I'm thinking I'm all alone. No, 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 I'm never alone because Jesus right now is looking over and saying, Father, he, he's trying. Father, he's calling on me. Father, he's, he's asking for help. And the Father says, I got it, son. Don't worry. I'm going to make sure he gets through. Why? Because that's the power that God has put in your disposal. Listen, who shall separate us then from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we shall killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, and I love this, even though, as I said earlier, we're celebrating, but we're like, you know, everything ain't, I know it. Everything ain't fixed, but we're going to celebrate anyway. Why? Because here's why. Yet in all these things, We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I've done made up my mind. You know what? If God is for me and done said, I done gave my son so you could be in my family, what are you complaining about? I've already done told you all things I'm going to give you to make it through. I've done told you that I got my son standing right here on my right side talking about you all the time and telling me, hey, Tim needs you. If I've done all of that, then understand where you are. You are more than a conqueror. Think about that, a conqueror. Well, you're more than that. See, a conqueror, listen, a conqueror is defined by the fight that he fights. A conqueror is defined by the fact that you have fought a fight and you've won the fight. I've conquered it. Let me see if I can give it to you this way. This, uh, here, here, here lately, Simone Biles, our, our tremendous, one of probably the best gymnast I've ever seen. I mean, mean, she's just incredible, off the chain. And what what everybody wants to do is, is, is make her a champion. But the problem is you can't make someone a champion. That's, that's the dilemma we have. We can say she's brave. Hey, she's dealing with her issues. Hey, she's, she's, and I understand all that, but you can't call her a champion. She's a conqueror. Four years ago, she went to the Olympics. She conquered. And what she was supposed to do this year, 
She was supposed to go back to the Olympics with all the pressure on her, with all the, the intensity, every eye looking at her, everybody just wanting to see their, her to succeed or fail, all the pressure in the world on her shoulders, and she was supposed to walk up there and say, I don't give a rip. I'm going to win this thing anyway. She's a conqueror. But she didn't become a champion. And it leaves you kind of like, well, she could have won. Yeah. She was, she's, she's better than ever. No doubts. See, a conqueror is somebody who fights the fight. She's a conqueror. I always pick about LeBron James. My, my son, Nathan, that's his favorite basketball player is LeBron James. And so we pick about whether LeBron James or Michael Jordan. And it really is not a debate. Michael Jordan's the GOAT. It's not even a debate. Nobody even argues it anymore. Even if they make movies, LeBron can't make a good a movie. It doesn't matter what he does, he cannot do as good. Makes the same movie, makes still can't do as good. Why? Listen to me. LeBron is a conqueror. That's why we love him. Because, man, he, he can go to this team and win. He can go to this team and win. Well, then why ain't he as good as... Because Michael is a champion. Six times he goes to the NBA Finals. You know how many times he wins it? Six times. You know how many times he went to seven games? None. He weed them all in four to two or quicker. It's, 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 it's just like if you got to build, if you got to have the guy, that's the guy. He's got his own tennis shoe, and he ain't even been playing basketball in 30 years. He's still got the number one tennis shoe. Think about that. Air Jordans. Most people don't even know who Jordan is. Air Jordans. I got some Air Jordans. You ever see Jordan? Don't even know who he is. Some 16-year-old kid wearing Air Jordans. A champion, see, a conqueror is somebody who fights the fight, may win a battle. He may win the battle. He may win from time to time. But listen to me. But a champion is defined by the winner he is. A champion walks in and, I'm going to win. I win every time. I don't ever lose. A champion is someone who has the knowledge that I fought this fight before. I've, I've overcome it before. This ain't my first rodeo. I ain't won one, no two, not three, not four, not five. I've won six. I've won every one I've ever gone up against. I'm a champion. There's a difference. And, and when God looks for people, what he's trying to do is to create within you, not just a conqueror. In, in this church, in this room right here, we have hundreds of conquerors. That means from time to time you win, right? But that also means from time to time, you lose. Just depending on which day you catch me, Brother Lot. How's, how's it going? Well, it ain't been good this last week. I, don't I conquered, but I don't always win. And what God is wanting to do, through Paul speaking, he said, listen to me, you are more than conquerors. You are champions. Champions, when they walk in the room, when they walk into a classroom, when they, and I know in our society, this is so hard to, to get in our mind. How can you just be like, but, but God wants us to reach a point to where you walk in expecting to win. You walk into every battle expecting to overcome. It doesn't matter what it is. That's why now in our world, because of things like COVID and things that we have, if you're just a conqueror, it's easy sometimes to just, oh. Or if somebody says cancer, or somebody uses some phrase that, that, that scares you or upsets you, and we still want to look and say, but I'm a champion. No, you can't be a champion unless you beat it. You can't lose to it and say you're a champion. 
You can't change the definition. You are a conqueror. You've conquered some things. You've overcome some things. You've, but God says, my goal in your life is to make you more than a conqueror, to make you stronger than just somebody who gets by. I want you to be somebody that every time it comes into battle, it, if somebody says, hey, do you think Pastor Lot's going to, to look, Pastor Lot, everything else may fall apart, but if that dude ain't going nowhere, that's when you want to be in your life. Hey, you know, mom and dad, they, they may not stay together. Hey, I tell you what, everybody else in the world may get divorced, but I'm going to tell you something. My mom and dad, they'll hang in there. They're champions. They're not just conquerors. They're champions. They're going to hang in there. They'll fight to the death. What the world is wanting to see in our society are champions. People that are willing. Let me give you a few phrases to understand a champion. A champion refuses average. A champion says, I'm not going to live in the average, in the crowd. Well, everybody does it. I don't care. Well, you know, that's just the way it is. I don't care. I'm not average. I've never been average in my life. If I'd have been a sinner, let me tell you all something. If I'd have went that route, I would not have been an average sinner. Some of y'all come to church and going to go to hell anyway. Y'all need to fix that. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to go to hell, you better live it up, buddy. This is it for you. Don't be average. Champions don't want average. In fact, God looks at a church in Laodicea in the, Old Te- in the New Testament and writes to him and he says, you're neither hot and you're neither cold. I wish you were one or the other. So just before you get mad at me, Pastor Lott said, I do, I'm that way too. I guess I got a little God in me. I wish you were one or the other. Because he says, being lukewarm makes me just want to throw up. It just makes you, you know it, but you don't want to do it. Champions are not and refuse to be average. Number two, they have enormous heart. It's not that champions don't fall. It's not that champions don't make mistakes. It's not that champions always do everything perfect. But their heart will not allow them. I was eating dinner with someone the other night, and, and that's what they had told me. They said, you know, I do stuff or I've done stuff, and I don't feel. I said, that's good. That's the way it should be. Some of you in this room, I tell you, y'all mess up when y'all come to Austin. Y'all messed up when y'all got saved. Y'all messed up. Now you can't ever go back to them bars. You can't ever go back to them parties. You can't ever sit in that house again while everybody's doing drugs. You can't ever, ever, ever go back and be the same. You know why? Because you ain't got the same heart. Everybody else may be sitting there talking about junk and smoking junk and doing and you're sitting there thinking, I ain't supposed to be here. I ain't, oh, this is not where I, man, I, even though you're messing up sometimes, even though you may make a mistake, still something in you rises up and says, this ain't me. This ain't the way I, why? Because you don't have the heart, everybody else. Be glad you don't have the heart like everybody else. Be thankful that you can't be like everybody else. Be thankful that you don't think and you can't act and you can't just do and not feel guilty or not get corrected or or not feel God jump on your shoulders. Be thankful for that. It's kept me out of a lot of trouble in my life, not because I didn't make mistakes. It's because the moment I went down that path, God was like wearing me out. And I'm like, Lord, ain't no fun in this at all. I'm just going to go back home. I look back now and I'm, God, thank you for the heart that you gave me. Number three, They confront their fears. They don't run away from their fears. Champions confront them. Even though it's fearful, even though you're scared, you still have to go forward. Number four, they'll pay the price, whatever the price may be. We celebrate these Olympic people, and it's, it's, it's awesome watching them. Watching them just get victory and... I watched one of the swimmers the other night and he had, he worked so hard and he won and set a record and he just sat on the ropes of the pool in the water and he's just sitting there. And I'm thinking, nobody knows how many hours that kid put in. Nobody knows how many mornings at 5 o'clock he went to swim before he went to school. Nobody has any idea, but he did. When he was raising his hands, he understood the price that he had to pay and what it was worth for this one moment. And God says, listen to me, the world works overtime. The world will get up and exercise. The world will do, to win a trophy that in four years from now, nobody will remember. How much more then are we that are fighting 
for eternal glory that will never go away. How much more should we be excited or our effort? How much more should we be serious about what we're doing if what we're fighting for is something we got to live with forever? Not just a short period of time. Number five, they finish. They may stumble. They may bumble. Say it wrong sometimes. It's like my preaching, I think. But let me tell you what they don't do. They don't stop somewhere along the way. They finish. And the world is longing to see not a conqueror's, not somebody that has five minutes of fame, but they're wanting to see champions. The world's longing to see someone. When you look at them and they look at you and say, hey, how long have you been married? 47 years. 47, man. You done it, man. Yeah. Killed me, but I did it. I wouldn't have changed a thing. Because years ago, I stood in front of somebody and said, till death do us part. Maybe some of you have, have, have floundered on that a few times, but draw the line. Say, you know what? Whatever I got, I'm going to start buying books on there. I'm going to start, start doing We're going to do devotions on there. This is it. I want to be a champion. I don't want to just conquer. I want to finish. I want to pay whatever price. I want to do whatever I have to do. That's a champion, and the world's longing to see them. Kids are longing to see them. Let me show a few things today about champions. Now, what I'm going to do is, over these next three weeks, I'm going to tell you the process. Remember I told you we used to build our own people? Well, I'm going to show you in the next three weeks how God builds champions. So as you come the next three weeks, you bring your notebooks, you bring whatever, because we're going to dig in to you. And we're going to look at things about you. Three things over these next three weeks. The first week we'll deal with a champion. God chooses a champion's traits. Next week we'll, we'll deal with your traits. What, what does that mean, brother? What is your gifts, your talents? What, 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 what are your superhero powers? Some of you got the gift of gab. You don't ever shut up. That's a good gift. Just got to hone it, train it, teach it. Some of you don't ever talk. We've got to find a different avenue. Some are good at one thing. Others are good. It's not that one's better than another. Every superhero, every champion in this room has different characters, traits. Everybody won't be like me, and I can't be like you. I can learn, and I can add to it, and I can do a little better. But the fact is, every one of us are strong in certain areas. And that's a good thing. But that also means that we'll also learn that you're also weak in some areas. Every superhero, Stan Lee is considered the best at, at doing that. Stan Lee, who, who did Marvel and did most of the Iron Man and Spider-Man and Hulk, and he, he created all those characters. When they interviewed him, I love to see the interviews, and I love to go back and look at his interviews because he would talk about, I didn't want to just create characters that just had powers. But I wanted them to have flaws, and I wanted them to be like, human people with just this special gift. And how do you deal with this special gift when you got all these flaws? How are you going to be Spider-Man when you're poor and you live with your aunt and, you, and, and, you, and you're just a teenage kid and you, you, you're trying to find a girlfriend at the same time you're trying to save the city? How are you going to be the Hulk when you're this super smart, intelligent scientist and then all of a sudden if you get too mad, don't make me angry. You get too mad, you turn green and tear everything up. And what makes them so cool is that you're dealing not only with their strengths, but their flaws. Because they come together. We'll deal with a lot of that. And then the second week, we're going to deal with when God builds a champion, listen to me now, He always gives you a background story. When God built a champion, he uses the back. Every one of us has got a background. How did, you, how did you get here? How did you arrive? How did you come upon finding out what you can do? How, how did you learn to do what you... How did you come out of all of your past 
Some of it is hard. Some of it's tough. Some of it's difficult. But it's our past that helped fashion our future. It's our past that helped develop us. And then our last week, we'll, on the last week, we'll deal with how God gives us our image. How we look. Are you too short? You're too tall? Wrong shape, color, size? See, that's the thing about being a champion. God then all of a sudden gave us this body. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this treasure and I'm going to put it in an earthen vessel. Well, God, if you just make me more of this, make me more of that. Remember the Apostle Paul? I mean, he prayed three times. God, if you just take this away, I'd be so much better. I'd be so much greater a person. And God says, nope. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. My power is made perfect in your weaknesses. It's not the absence of our weaknesses. It's the fact that God uses them to create champions. Now, let me show you a few things about a champion this morning before we go eat. Because I know all of you look like licking, licking your lips and stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to wrap it up. Hold, hold on. You're going you're gonna to get We never named the pig. We just have to. Let me tell you something about champions. Champions are made. They're not born. Let me tell you some of the flaws you're going to have to get out of your mind. Champions are not just born. Well, you know, Pastor Lot, he's just born. Let me tell you something. When you hear about my past, when we get to that part, you'll find out I wasn't born. I was made. I can go back to any person you ever find and any person you think, well, I, I admire them. I it is their backstory. It is what they went through. It's the challenges they had to overcome. It's all, even when we're watching the Olympics, ain't that, to me, that's the funnest part. The event lasts like 30 seconds. But they spent a five-minute documentary on their life, just like the other gymnasts I'm talking about. And, and listen to me, when I talk about Simone Biles, I hope that she gets whatever help that she needs. I hope that she comes back stronger. She's the most talented gymnast I've ever seen. I'm not trying to... But here's Lee who won the all-around, well, her life's been, no, when she's 16 years old, fixing to go to the biggest meet she's fixing to go to, she has to leave her father. Her father, who, by the way, was in the backyard of someone else's house, up on a ladder fixing their thing, and he fell. If you saw any of the Olympics, you saw he's in a wheelchair. He's paralyzed for the rest of his life. When they showed the early days of her and him, he was doing backflips with her. Oh, she, she don't have any issues. No, she was going to the biggest meet she was ever supposed to go to. And while she's trying to earn a spot on the Olympics, while she's trying to move up in the ranks, her father is having surgery because he's paralyzed. No, it's not the absence. It's the backstories that make it so powerful. It's the backstories that you look at it, whose parents passed away, in this case, who was raised by an aunt over here who had to go do their workouts. And, and, and one girl was one in Alaska. I love that. She was like one of the first swimmers to win. And when she won, it, it told it, in Alaska, they only had one pool in the whole state of Alaska long enough to practice in. One, not, not in their city, in the whole state of Alaska, there was only one pool that this Olympic swimmer could go to that was long enough. She only had a 25-foot pool normally to practice in. And by the time she jumped in, she was at the other end. She didn't even have to have a 50-meter pool. She didn't even have a pool long enough to practice. But yet, she's an Olympic champion. And they showed her little high school. And they were all piled in there in Alaska just shouting and going crazy. Because Why? Because they understood what she had to go through to become a champion in her life. Oh, I wish you could get this. Every one of us has got a backstory. Every one of us has an image. But listen to me. Champions are not just born. Champions made. You don't just wake up one day and become a great dad or become a great mom. You don't wake up one day and just become a good worker. You, you're made into that. It requires moments when it's just as easy to quit, just as easy not to try as it is to try. And You chose to keep hanging in there. You chose to give it one more day. You chose to fight one more time. You chose not to give up and it made all the difference in the world. Every champion will have to face a champion. There's three passages, and I, I don't have time today to deal with them. We'll deal with them later. But you can write these down. 
Genesis chapter 37. That's the story of Joseph. We'll deal with him. Joseph has a backstory. Joseph has issues, has enemies. Has... He's got powers, but he's also got all the things against him. We'll study about 1 Samuel 17. That's the story of David and Goliath. David's got an anointing, but there's a champion. The Bible says out of the nation of the Philistines of Gad, there was a man by the name of Goliath. He was a champion. What does that mean? He was the Michael Jordan of their day. Nobody beat him. Whoever fought him to the death, they were all pushing up daisies. From the time he was a young boy, he'd been killing people. And he never in his whole life had found anyone badder than him. Think about that. Never found anyone that could compare with him. The moment he walks out, remember I told you a champion's different because when they walk out and they walk in a room, everybody, when he walked onto the field that day, the whole nation of Israel, even though they're on a different mountain, hid behind their tents. He might get lucky and throw that spear this, this far. Champions suck the air out of the room. And let me tell you something. Sooner or later, if you're a champion of God, you will have to face the world's champion. That champion will be different to you than it is somebody else. For some of you, it may be an addiction that everybody's told you. You know, you're always going to have that. It's always going to be in your life. And you're going to have to face that champion. And you're going to have to say, either he dies or I die. You're going to have to face the champion. Maybe divorce has been in every cousin, grandparent, every family member, mom, dad, all in your life. And one day you're going to be sitting there looking at your wife or husband and you're going to say, well, I guess that's going to hit us. And you're going to have to decide whether that champion is the baddest person in the room or whether you're the baddest person in the room. A champion will have to eventually defeat a champion. Joseph would have to. David would have to. The Apostle Paul will study about him in Acts 16 where he's put in jail. He'll have to face a champion. Paul, you've been beaten. Paul, you've been put in jail. You ain't just been put in jail. We took you to the bottom part of the jail. We didn't just put you in a, in a cell. We put you in a cell and the place that has stocks. So we put you in chains and put you in jail. Paul, you whooped. This is the champion. In fact, it's such a champion that they make a decree in their prison that if that prisoner escapes, the warden who's over him would have to die for him. So they made it to where I can sleep good tonight because I know that ain't getting out. And even when they had their chance, Yet, yes, ain't the first rodeo I've had to fight. I'm good. I got that champion battery right in my pocket. I knew what was coming up. Here's the thing about the world's champions. The thing about the world's champions is this: they're going to come at you in three different areas to try to beat you before they ever get there. Number one, they're always going to talk about their size. So whatever problem you've got to face, you're first going to have to deal with the size of it. Let's say the world says cancer and uses the word cancer. So-and-so's got cancer. Oh, what stage is it? Three, four, I don't know. Oh, well, that, that's pretty much it. 
So you're going to have to deal with the size of something. What everybody has told you, how big it is. Remember when it's describing Goliath, it goes into detail. It doesn't tell you how big David was. It doesn't even tell you what color hair he has. I always wondered about that. It's like, David, it just says he was ruddy. means he was probably kind of reddish, kind of had freckles. He, he, was, he was not a, a kind of a cute kid. He was a good-looking little redhead kid. But then it goes into this whole paragraph talking about, oh, and Goliath's spear weighed a hundred and something pounds and his shield and somebody had to walk around with his stuff and he was nine foot tall. And he was, and I'm like, why are you going into all this? Because the world, when it wants to set up the battle, when it talks about it's Jericho, and it doesn't talk about Joshua had this many people walking around. It just said Joshua walked around, but it talked about Jericho. Jericho was so big and it was this and the walls were so wide and it was so tall. You couldn't get in around it. And it's like, oh, it's, it's impossible. It always talks about the size. Whenever I face an enemy, it says, you can't do that. You ain't got enough time to build that. You ain't got, it's too big. You ain't able to. You're up. oh, tell me all about, just go ahead and tell me how big it is. Tell me how strong it is. Tell me how mighty it is. Because I want to tell you something, when I whip it, you're going to look back and you're going to say, hey, man, look what he defeated. Go ahead. It don't scare me when you talk about how big it is. A champion understands it's got to be big. If it's fighting me, it can't be little. I don't even mess with little stuff. The second thing it will always talk about with a champion of the world, it will talk about experience. Well, you know what happened to so-and-so. Let's say keep cancer. Well, you know, I had an aunt. That, oh, man, I had this going. And it's going to talk about all the experiences that you've ever seen. It's amazing. Some doctor can give you a diagnosis. Something, the first thing you do is pull your phone out and pull it up. Oh, Lord. I researched it, and it told you all the experiences of how it's supposed to happen. The third thing a champion will always do of the world, it will always create uncertainty inside you. He will always work to create uncertainty through its size, through its intimidation, through its talking, through what it says, through how it acts, through what it's done to other people. What it's trying to do is create within you uncertainty. And once it's got uncertainty in you, it's won. Once it's got you wanting to back up and not run forward, it's won. When we talk about Michael Jordan or talk about, I don't know if Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player. We'll never know. We just know this, that when he walked on the court, he let everybody know I'm the greatest basketball player. And he had won most of the time before the game ever even Begin. His aura had already, all the conversation was about him. Who can stop him? And the world does the same thing. The world sucks the air out of the room. Goliath sucks the air out of the room, walks out. And he says this, because this is the next thing that a champion has to do. Listen to me very careful, I'm closing. A champion has to, has to be able to face their battle alone. Listen to me very carefully. I don't care how many people you put around you. I don't care how many church services you go to. I don't care how many prayers you pray and get somebody else to get a prayer chain going. I don't, I don't care what you do in your life. Let me explain to you what the enemy always wants. And what the enemy will work to, to get to. You can be married. You can be sitting in the house with your wife and the enemy can attack you and you don't want to tell them what's going on in your life. You don't even want to tell them what you're thinking and some of the thoughts. Why? Because the enemy works from one perspective. The enemy works to get you alone. You know what Goliath came out and said? He said, send me three good guys. I'll whoop three of them at a time. He said, I want you to do one thing for me. I want you to search out a man. Find me somebody who will come fight me. Find me one and send them out by themselves. And if they beat me, we'll serve you. But if I kill him, which is probably what I'm going to do, then you serve us. Anytime you start to read your Bible stories, I want you to go back and look at every one of them you ever read and here's what you'll find out. At some moment in the battle, the hero, the champion of God, 
has to face it alone. Hannah, who wants to have a child, her husband's like, ain't I good enough for you? Can't you just be happy? And she has to go alone to the temple and she has to pour out before God. Daniel, alone in the lion's den. Eve, when she falls to the serpent, what was she? Alone in the garden. She was sitting there talking by herself with the enemy. When Jesus is being tempted and Satan says, I'm going to set the stage and I'm going to get him to the point I want to get him. Where was he? He was after 40 days of fasting alone in the wilderness. Listen to me very careful. The enemy will fight and work hard to get you alone on that computer. He will work hard to get you alone in your own thoughts. He will work hard to get you alone where he can wrestle with you and tell you you can't, you won't. Do you know how big I am? Do you know how strong I am? You're crazy to even think it. Listen to me. Your greatest battle will be when you're sitting alone. Oh, you can look at somebody and wink at them like, but they don't know, do they? Nobody knows. But every champion in this room even me, if I'm ever going to be considered a champion, I will have to be able to fight and win when nobody else is around. doesn't mean I'm perfect. I don't stumble. It means if I do fall, I am a champion. I can't lay here. I'm going to overcome it. I'm going to defeat it. I'm not laying down and quitting on this. I will fight it until it dies. In your life, we're going to learn about how God creates and makes champions. And really and truly, there's some of you in this room, you need this more than you need anything else. Because your life is at a stopping point right now. And I'm going to prophesy for just a little bit. Your life is at a stopping point right You can't go any further. Oh no, you can make more money. You can get another house. You can buy new clothes. You can go on another vacation. You, you can do all the stuff. But you can't go anywhere. Because there's a champion standing in front of you. And that champion standing in front of you taunts you all the time and says, come on out here. I dare you to come out here and face me. And your life can't go further until you can finally stand up and say, that's the head of that thing. I finally got him quiet. In this next three weeks, I hope that whoever you are in this room, you just clear your calendar. And you say, hey, I may not have made every series, but i got to make this series. Because he's talking about me. I'm not meant to be stuck where I'm at for the rest of my life. I'm not meant to be in this bondage. I was born to be a champion. I was born to be more than a conqueror. I was born to be victorious. I'm the person they're supposed to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm tired of reading that scripture and reading those scriptures and then the enemy look at me and say, yeah, but. Yeah, but. No. I want to be that person. The David. I want to be a Joseph. I want to be a Paul or any other character you look through the Bible. But it comes because God grows and creates and makes champions. They're not born. Will you stand? For some of you in this room, this is where it begins. David's journey began when he walks up that first time and he sees Goliath. And everybody starts telling him how bad a man Goliath is. Joseph's story begins when his brothers take him and throw him in a pit and don't even have any water. They tear off his coat. They sit down and eat, talking about killing him. Eventually sell him into slavery. 
Paul's story begins when he's sitting there with chains Just say, God, here's your vessel. Over these next three weeks, help me to see. Help me to see how you built me, how you made me. Help me to see who I really am in you, how strong I really am, how loved I really am. If God be for me, be against me. If you're in this room right now with every head bowed, you say, Pastor, I want to make that commitment to God. There's some of you, you need to make a commitment. You need to decide. It ain't, it ain't about coming to the three services. It ain't about just coming to church the next three weeks. It's about me making a commitment to let God work on me. And if that's you today, and here's the easiest way to do it, just step out from where you are and say, God, I'm giving you these next three weeks and I'm going to bring paper and pen. I'm, I'm going to just saturate myself and I'm going to allow you to speak and talk and speak into my life and show me my strengths and show me my weaknesses and show me how you made me. I want to see myself the way you see me. And I want to be the champion you called me to be. If you say, Pastor, I'd like to just do that. And I want to open these altars up for just a moment. Not, not to do anything, but just for you to have a line drawn in the sand. God, I'm coming today to tell you I'm going to be here. And I'm telling you, I'm coming with my mind. I'm going to bed early enough on Saturday where I don't fall asleep here on Sunday. I'm, I'm coming seriously because I want to be a champion. My, my, my wife needs to see a champion. My husband needs to see a champion. My kids need to see a champion. The people I work with, they need to see a champion. They need to see a champion. I'm tired of them seeing this weak side of me. I'm tired of them seeing the whiny side of me. I'm tired of them seeing the complaining side, the always falling apart side. I want them to see a champion. You say, I need to make that commitment you do it you do it the world is full of conquerors people that can win from time to time but the world is longing to see champions longing to see that person that says yeah follow me as I follow Christ Father this morning I bring myself Father, I stand here like everyone else and I, I ask that this week as I'm writing, as I'm building this and even as I'm preaching this that God, you reveal to me, me. Show me weaknesses I don't all see. Show me strengths I haven't even understood I have. Show me, show me my backstory and how you used it to make me and not try to hurt me. Show me. Show me how to be a champion. Father, I pray that for every person that's in this room, every person that decides, man, I gotta be here. For every person standing up here that says, God, this is me. This is these next few weeks is about me. Father, I praise you that God, you're gonna meet them as you're meeting them right now. And you're gonna peel back and reveal what you've never revealed to them before. And we're gonna grow. And we're gonna be stronger at the end than we were at the beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll tell you one more thing about a champion.
And I like this part. Be careful who you bump into. Because you don't know what a day in a champion's life can do. It only takes a day for a champion. Joseph, if you had met him on Thursday, he was serving meals at prison. If you'd have met him on a Thursday, he was serving meals in prison. If you met him on a Friday, he was riding in a chariot with a ring on his finger saying, Pharaoh's the only one bigger than me. If you met Paul on a Thursday, you'd have walked into prison and said, whew, that dude right there, I guarantee you, he's got a bad life. If you met him on Friday morning, you'd have seen the most powerful people in the city come and get him out and beg him and plead with him and just say, man, just you go when you get ready. If you met a David on a Thursday, he'd have just had some potted meat and crackers and a few things in his hand. You'd ask him, where are you going? I'm just heading to go bring some stuff to my brothers, see how the fight's going. But if you met him on a Friday, he was planning his marriage to the king's wife, his daughter. He was, he was planning his future. They were already lining him up. You fixed to be living in the castle, dude. Be careful when you meet a champion. Because I may look like I'm up against it right now. It only takes one day and everything can turn. I like that part about champions. You never know what's coming tomorrow. Just keep swinging. You never know when that day is going to come when the miracle takes place. The breakthrough happens. When everything everybody said couldn't happen, happens. God bless you. Lord, bless that pig. Bless the food, the mango salsa, and everything else I got to eat. And Lord, forgive me for gluttony because I don't want all that pig to burn. I'm doing it for a good reason. It's good to see. Some of y'all ain't smiled since y'all been in there. I should have preached a more funny sermon. God bless you. Lord, thank you for this. We're fixing to go have some fun and celebrate all the good you've done for us for this year. And we're just grateful you're in our lives. We could be in a lot of places other than this. I don't know if any of them would be any good. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.